0: Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Well, another year, uh, another year down to Ohio State, Michigan. Uh the Buckeyes went to the good old big house in Ann Arbor. And uh I mean as a Michigan fan you you want to be somewhat hopeful. Uh you know, I've been saying, you know, the past couple of weeks I wasn't I didn't have a lot of faith. Uh but I had about 20% confidence going into this game, uh, truth be told. And you know, and when you when you lose a rivalry game like this uh, especially someone like Ohio State, you know, it's different. Um, if it's Michigan, Notre Dame, or Michigan, Michigan State, those losses, they hurt, they burn, but they heal. It's not as bad. It's like a band-aid. It's like, yeah, whatever. You can, you know, recover the season beating one, one, uh, one out of the other, right? Uh, and no game is circled, uh, you know, in the beginning of the season Uh none other than Michigan Ohio State um it's been eight years (laughs) since 2011 uh when I was a freshman in college the last time Michigan beat Ohio State at that time let me you know eight years I mean you know not only is it you know the let me tell you the timeline right 2011 at home um beating Ohio State in a down year the year you know I believe the year prior they lose to Jim Trestle they have an interim coach I'm not sure who, I can't even tell you who it is they barely hold on and went 40 to 34 number 15th ranked Michigan holds on at the time you know so I believe that's the same year Michigan went on to beat Virginia Tech in the Sugar Bowl if anything I believe that was Brady Hoke's first year uh, a lot of high hopes Things where you know couldn't be better, right? Two eight years ago for Michigan thing, you know, it's like, all right, Michigan found their guy, and Brady Hoke started to dwindle, things struggled. But you know what, you know, what's eccentric about this is that the, the four year tenure for Brady Hoke is that you look at out of all the, the four meetings that he had, he went one and three against Ohio State, right. I went in the first meeting his first year at Michigan and then losing the the uh, the last three before being fired all his 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 games between those all those four they were decided by two touchdowns or less and that was only one of them actually it was it was his final year they lost 42 to 28. And the out of those, you know, out of those four meetings, only two of the times Michigan was ranked in the top twenty-five. Back in twenty thirteen, Michigan lost by one. 42-41. This year they had Ezekiel Elliott. Michigan could not stop uh Ezekiel Elliott. He was just pounding the ball just like Dobbins was yesterday. And uh, they, you know, Brady Hoke. I, I, I like the call. He decided to go, go for the kill. Then go for two. But unfortunately, they couldn't get it. Um, you know, in the year prior to that, back in 2012, they lose by five. Number four, Ohio State. Number twenty, Michigan. Uh, 26-21. And then the final year for Brady Hoke, 2014, they lose his worst loss against Ohio State, which was by two touchdowns, 42-28. So, now we wind the clocks up around 2015. It's like, alright, let's hire our boy Jim Harbaugh. He's the answer. He's had some issues with the head office in San Francisco. Uh, they they were just, you know, they were close to winning that Super Bowl. The San Fran Baltimore didn't work out. And so, it's like, alright. So, Michigan makes him the, one of the highest paid coaches in college football, right? And... He has, you know, excuse me, solid meat. He has, he, no doubt, you know, overall, Bra- what Brady Hoke and Rich Rod couldn't do with Michigan is that they they struggled year in and year out. It was, uh, Brady Hoke, I believe, he went like 11 or uh, 10 and 2 or somewhere his first year, and that was it. Then it started to dwindle, 8 and 5, 7 and 6, 6 and 6. It was just, things didn't get better. So, after that, we get Harbaugh, right? It's like, all right, he's the dude. He's gonna he's gonna lead up, lead Michigan to the promised land. And man, it's just the previous in the last five meetings, man. It's just it's tough when you're when Michigan is put in a position where their heart is closed to this one dude, right? He's an alumni. He was a quarterback for Bo Shenbeckler. So it's just like, how do you show this man the door? Not only him, but Don Brown as well. And, it, and it's in a way though, like it's very eccentric. Cause I mean, Michigan's having success overall since Harbaugh's gotten there. It was tr- significantly better compared to Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. Uh, the previous coach, you know, since Lloyd Carr took over. Um, So, you know, it's... How can I say this? Um, (laughs) Their their defense has been phenomenal overall um, when it comes to the Big Ten and the, the competition in general. But every single year... They, they've been ranked in the top 25 when it comes to their defense but every single year when it comes to this meeting between the Wolverines and Buckeyes uh, I don't the the, pre, the last two meetings they put up 118 points over 1,100 yards and they've only forced two turnovers and seven punts So on paper they look great. But when it comes to Ohio State, they're just utterly complete trash. So what do you do? You got to – it's not until Michigan's defense figure out – they need they need to figure out the way to slow out this offense because you look at it, and I'm watching this game, right? Michigan comes out fresh out the gate. They score, miss extra point. And then, you know, it's back and forth battle. It's it's close for the first half. First half is solid. But it wasn't until that, you know, come around the second quarter. Uh, that's where, honestly, the, the shift changed everything. That stadium got deflated right away. It was like as if the snap of Thanos and in the infinity got Like, everyone in that stadium was just gone, right? It's just... The score is 14-13 out of the first quarter. Ohio State takes the lead again, 21-13. Um, Michigan, they rebound well. They, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a typical you know, uh, slobber knocker Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. That, but that's when things started to fall apart and go downhill from here. Because one thing is, between this rivalry... And it's not just this. It's just, you know, it's showed in the Alabama and Auburn game as well. And then in the Iron Ball. Uh, you know, we, with Auburn um, giving Alabama uh, their second loss this season. They're out of the college football playoffs. They won 48-45. What Bama did and what Michigan did, you cannot have turnovers. You absolutely, positively cannot give your rival a chance to, excuse me, to take advantage of those turnovers. You cannot let them. It, possession of the ball is vital. Every snap, every inch, every every down, every possession, nonetheless. Patterson fumbles the ball in the shotgun formation. Ohio State takes advantage of that. that. That right there in the second quarter when they were driving, it seemed like you know after that the defense just bailed on the offense, um, but uh, they were they were able to you know bounce back though. Uh, they were able to have a Ohio State punt eventually in the second quarter, so it was a, it was a standstill for a little bit. Um, Michigan being offsides on that punt again gave it Ohio State a free first down. And next thing you know, Buckeyes in the end zone. And from what could have been a 21-20 a few minutes prior was now turned into another, you know, uh, it was a 14-point swing, basically, essentially. 14-13, entering the second quarter. Now it's 28-13 because of Michigan's mistakes. Um, You know, the offsides and the punt and fumbling the ball. But, you know, if if Michigan's offense, they did hold on. They did hold some fire. They did drive down the next field of possession. Um, but, again, another blunder. Patterson throws a diamond in Peoples-Jones in the end zone for a touchdown. But, um, you know, the the, the the All-State defender was able to play good defense, knocks the ball off his hands, and that was it. The pass was ruled incomplete. And rightfully so, the ball was—you know—he didn't have full possession and control of the ball, so they had a control for a field goal. So, you look at this, and it's just—it's the minor things. It's just every little thing. You cannot have mistakes like this. And uh, you know, to reiterate, uh, to go back and reflect on this defense, um, the uh, for for the majority, the offense played great. You know what I mean? Uh, Even compared to last year um, against Ohio State, it's just (laughs) putting up 27 points and 39 points. You would think for most teams that would be more than enough to beat someone like, you know, Ohio State. But um, it seemed things didn't seem to pick up for the offense this year until after the Penn State loss. That's when things started to pick up. Um, Wisconsin punched them in the mouth early in the season, but after Penn State, things started to go. They looked well, um, but when you when you turn over the ball, especially in the, uh, having a red zone fumble, it's it's hard to beat great teams such along the likes as Ohio State, who's. Who's honestly? I think they're gonna win the Natty this year. I don't see anyone stopping them. Maybe Clemson, but truth be told, I mean the Buckeyes look solid. They look scary. Uh, That young, that defense, that 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 defensive kid, he's he's dangerous. I mean, man, he's definitely first rounder easily. Dobbins, phenomenal running back. It seems Ohio State is just notorious for for producing great running backs. Uh, from Dobbins to Ezekiel Elliott to Eddie George. I mean, they're just. They just get these guys left and right. Um, so, nonetheless, it's just. Ohio State, 577 yards, 56 points. It's. Man. It's just. When you have the Ohio State at 13 possessions and. Only three of those 13 possessions ended with a punt. And eight, eight out of the 13 ended with a touchdown. Including five straight, um, five straight from late in the first quarter until halfway through the third. So, again, where does Michigan go from here? You got Don Brown and Jim Harbaugh. Um, the, the, the Michigan has solid season. And for the majority, you know, it's been a success. Um, it's just the the resume doesn't look too good because Harbaugh is now officially two and nine against top ten opponents, in ranking the college football rankings. So I think you know the administration or whoever. Um they're gonna take a close look on this <clears throat> excuse me and uh elaborate. You know, have a sit down with Harbaugh like look dude, like we appreciate everything you have done, but it's just I don't know. Um It's just you know you like I said, uh his resume is great for the most part. Oh uh, so far um, out of the previous four seasons, three of the four have been ten-win seasons. Granted, now he hasn't won a bowl game since his first year, ten year back in 2015. But still, it's significant. Excuse me, it's significantly better compared to to what Hulk and Rich Rod are doing. Um, so it's just I don't know. Depending on how Michigan finishes this year, you know I think I believe it's just when emotions are high, logic is low. Right now, Ann Arbor, you know it's they're in they're in a they're in an emotional state right now. Uh, so I think whatever bowl bid they get, where uh, Outback Orange Bowl, whatever it may be, um, perhaps if Harbaugh gets this W, and perhaps if you know. Uh, wins it in suitable fashion, perhaps maybe in a blowout. If he can get this team to play in anger and just perhaps maybe show a rebound that, you know, I don't know, just show something, show some emotion because it's just five consecutive seasons, you know, yet again, you're paying to coach the big bucks and he hasn't uh, gotten y'all anything. He had no Big 10 title, no college football playoff berth, none. So, um he he, he was able to get a, a division title, tied first in the East when it came to the Big 10 back uh, back last year. But he's third this year going 6 and 3 in the Big 10. They went 8 and 1 previously. Overall Big 10 record is 32 and 12. Um so, oof. I don't know, because, like I said, I like Jim Harbaugh. I do. Um, I appreciate everything he's done. I think he, he's a good coach. He's not great, but he's a good coach. I'm sure, you know, whatever happens, he he has, he won't have an issue finding another job elsewhere. And, you know, I appreciate what he's done. Uh, it's just, I don't think his his coaching style is not exactly suitable for when it comes to college football. Suitable for the pros? Yes. I mean, someone who's gone to the Super Bowl and three conference championships, winning one of them and just coming so close to going back to another Super Bowl, and just losing to the Seahawks and they were one in, you know, one touchdown away from going back-to-back Super Bowls, who knows what could have been had they went there. If they would have won it. He has a, I mean, (coughs) excuse me, as an overall coaching success and resume, it's better than most college coaches. It's better than Nick Saban. Nick Saban couldn't coach in the pros. He struggled. Harbaugh's 44, 19, and 1. So, I don't know. Uh, He's 105 and 44, (coughs) excuse me, overall as a head coach. So we'll see what happens. Uh, again, we'll wait till see, you know, as time develops. Perhaps some way, shape, or form, he can. They'll give him one last shot. Oh, you know, or maybe, you know, he'll accept his res- resignation and maybe his team can win him a bowl game, give him, you know, a solid right off into the sunset he'll go elsewhere we need to find someone else don brown will show him the the door respectfully after the, the final bowl game perhaps and then we'll start start excuse me start scouting elsewhere for a coach maybe it's someone that we don't need that doesn't have cemented a a legacy and a coaching record yet there's a lot of coaches that have done that before i mean look at um Pete Carroll uh he started he struggled in the pros initially uh and then it wasn't uh, a time where you know USC needed a coach and they end up hiring Pete Carroll and what they do they went and went to three uh straight consecutive national title games win two of them um so before he went back to the pros and very successful was Seattle and still are um Either way, not to get too off track. Um, very thankful. Uh, Michigan had a great season. Uh, perhaps, perhaps they they sit at nine three right now. Whatever bull bid they get. Hopefully, we can get this big W as a bowl win and the season on a high note. And uh, the previous five seasons, you know, Michigan get uh, another ten win season it's just as I, you know I, I previously stated before um i even said after last year's loss losing 62 to 39 against the ohio state buckeyes um i that, that was a it was a humbling moment where i believed our program is just a we're just a good football program and that's it and that's okay but it's just i think a lot of hardcore dedicated <coughs> Michigan fans miss um, you know the Michigan of old, what we used to be, but we never really were a you know how can I say this uh, we we it's just it's been a long time since we we won a national title it's been over twenty years, two decades since ninety seven and that was a tie and so it's just I don't know people miss like to they they love nostalgia. They love the Bo Schembechler eras, and arguably the the greatest coach that Michigan ever did had. But I don't know. It's just It's it's just hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I like the guy, but again at the end of the day you can't let your heart win when it, when it comes to certain stipulations such as this um you know it's it's a similar scenario where you know John cooper was put in this position who he was the head coach of ohio State back in uh, i believe the early nineties late two late or not late two thousand excuse me early 2000s. um he would have solid seasons for the most part he was a he was a good coach but he just could not. I believe his final record against Michigan, I think it was like two ten and one, or three and ten, or something. If you like that, it just he would struggle against Michigan and Lloyd Carr. And that'd be it. And then it wasn't until they found Jim Trestle and things kind of slowly turned the tide. It was kind of iffy. Lloyd Carr and Jim Trestle would be back and forth a little bit, and then Jim Trestle kind of pulled away. And um Lord Carr I end up eventually retiring, so <sighs> I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. <coughs> <coughs> we'll see. Um, but either way, um, ten win season, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see what. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see what happens, but with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break and y'all are listening to End Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Ender Reserve Podcast. So I should have said this uh, in the beginning of my intro. Uh, happy late Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a great, uh, you know, great feast fest. Hope everyone indulged. Had a phenomenal time with friends, family, whatever it may be. Hope Black Friday shopping was safe and successful. Um, good luck tomorrow on Cyber Monday. I'm recording this on a Sunday currently right now where the afternoon games for the NFL are done Uh, my Steelers thankfully hold on to beat the Cleveland Browns 20-13 to and the Dolphins pulling an upset against the sorry Eagles Uh, cry Eagles cry I'm sure is what's going on right now what they should have kept Nick Foles as I said before but either way not to get sidetracked I hope everyone uh, had a Fantastic. Uh, meet up with everyone, whoever you're close with. So, but either way. Uh, speaking of which, on Thanksgiving, I uh, was able to, to, you know, catch the games per usual. Uh, always the annual thing. Watching the good old Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears, in which a uh, unknown quarterback, third stringer. Uh, out of Purdue, in which the last quarterback and last team to beat Ohio State, uh, quarterback out of Purdue, David Blau, third stringer, uh, starting his very first game on Thanksgiving against the Chicago Bears, who still have a shot at a playoff spot, even though the NFC is significantly and very uh, much more tighter compared to the AFC. Um. Because when you look at that, man, it's an NFC uh, playoff bracket. I mean, you got Green Bay and Minnesota. In that division alone, Chicago's got to conquer. And plus, not, you got uh, Seattle. uh, You got San Fran. So, I mean, that's that's five teams right there that have spots. Um, So, either way, um, Chicago was able to keep their playoff hopes alive. Winning against Detroit. In um, which, surprisingly enough, though, Detroit came out fresh, you know, hot out the gate. Uh, David Blau, uh, at first it looked, uh, <laughs> it looked scary. It looked very uncertain. Uh, watching the game, David Blau's first passing attempt right at the guy's feet, uh, I believe it was at Kenny, Kenny Galladay. First passing attempt right at his feet. It's like, well, this looks like it might be another long day for the Lions. Jeff Driscoll was hurt. I'm not sure what he was hurt with. I didn't even look it up. Um, but and all of a sudden, his second passing attempt is a bomb to Kenny Galladay or whoever it may be, and it's just like, all right, well, it's just like, well, maybe they got lucky, right? And then, sure enough, they go deep again. Uh, this time to Marvin Jones, and it's like, all right. At this time, it's around. It's around. Uh, I believe. I think it's like 14 nothing. And um, things start to look up. They look high. It's just like, all right. It's just like, is this David Blau guy for real? But then all of a sudden, things just kind of dwindle down from there. And I, as, as I've said before, uh, the lines are going line. to Um And I, I got to give credit to the third stringer, though. I can't be hard on this David Blau, considering the fact that you have four days to prepare. You find out. That's second stringer and Jeff Driscoll's hurt. Hey, four days to prep. You're playing on Thanksgiving. Good luck. And for a third string quarterback, going 22 of 38, 280 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. I can't. I can't really. You know. I can't criticize him. Hell, he probably. You know. He's probably probably played better than Stafford would've. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> But, I mean, first time starting, four days prep time, third stringer out of Purdue, you got to give the kid credit, you know, especially on a national televised game like that. Um, But Detroit, uh, end of the first quarter, 14-7. Then uh, by the end of the first half, it's it's 17-10. And around that time is one of the worst halftime performances I've ever seen country band Brother Osborne tried performing, or they did perform, or the they, they attempt of having miscues with whatever was happening, the, the performance was trashed. Uh, I haven't seen a bad performance like that since, oh, uh, golly. Probably Nickelback, which was like 10 years ago. <laughs> but um, either way, uh, David Blau, for his debut as a third stringer, four days prep against a somewhat solid defense in uh Chicago Bears uh, on Thanksgiving, nationally televised at noon. Um, I got, you know, at, on a great scale, I got to give him at least a B-. minus. You know, he he did what he could. He didn't have a lot. He, he, Lions don't have a whole lot of anyone. They don't have any standout. You know what I mean? Not a lot of, you know, oohs and ahs. Galladay can have... You know his moments, and same thing with Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. He's a he's a thing of the past of back in New England days. He's not it anymore. TJ Hawkinson gets one or two good games. So all of a sudden, they think this kid's a future. He's not. He got six receptions for 18 yards. That's three yards a catch. Bo Scarborough, the running back out of Alabama, he did okay. He ended you know the afternoon four yards a carry. 83 overall, but he's not someone you want to build the franchise around exactly. I thought Karon Johnson, uh, I, I thought he would have a bright future possibly coming out of Auburn. I liked him, but evidently he's just injury prone. He can't stay healthy. It seems like ever since Barry Sanders retired, there's been a curse on that position in Detroit. Ever since then, uh, when Barry wanted to get out of Detroit, they won't let him. He wanted to go down to Miami and play with Dan Marino. Uh, both of those guys knew their tenure, their time, and and being in their prime was starting to dwindle. Back in the you know somewhere in the midst of the 90s, 97, 98, I think it you know it was time to move on. They 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 wanted to make at least make a run for a Super Bowl contention, but Detroit never cared. They never really been a well-aware organized franchise to they have one player it's like all right let's build this franchise let's get some more you know let's spend some money and they just don't care they just they only get you know they care about the attendance they'll keep and burn out one player up until he's done uh up until he's up and rusted until they can't play no more and so far they've done that back-to-back times with barry sanders and calvin johnson so and ever since uh, uh, Barry's retired, they haven't found anyone to replace him yet. And that was back in, I believe, in 99. Uh, they've had a few, you know, hits, maybe one-hit wonders here and there with Kevin Jones and Kevin Smith. But that was it. You know, a few one, one-hit wonders, and that's it. Same thing with wide receivers. Ever since Calvin retired... Have n't really Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. They're not Cal, They're not Megatron, Megatron material. They're not putting up 12, 1500 yards, 1800 yards, 12, 15 receiving touchdowns a season. That's you know, <laughs> that's not them. So uh, Detroit, you know, again, I'm not saying this when I say the lines are going to line. I'm not hating on them. I'm just being a realist. Uh, Up until the Fords sell that team, they they man they they need to do something, they need to sell the team and have an owner that actually cares hire GM that they know is gonna do their job, but till then nothing nothing's gonna come out of it. They they downgraded ever since then. They started to dwindle. You know, someone said it best. I, I read on social media. It's just like I never in my life would I think Wayne Fonds, who was the coach back in the nineties for Detroit, would be the highest of of the high for Detroit's uh, success. Um, he was uh I think the late eighties, late nineties. He was a tenure there. Uh, And his coaching record was, I mean, truth be told, it was mediocre at best. Um, He was one game below 500 overall. It's one and four in the postseason. And it's just, he just didn't get the job done. Um, (laughs) And the closest they ever got to, you know, conference championship was or er, the Super Bowl, excuse me, was a conference title back when they lost to the Washington Redskins. When they won it all, back in ninety one, they went twelve and four. Ever since then, hell, that was the year before I was even born. But since then, you know, uh, it's a few wild card losses, and that was it. So that was the that was the highest of the high. I mean, your best coach was sixty six and sixty seven. Um, and truth be told, I think that there could have been someone significantly better. Um, Jim Caldwell, I, I've always said this. Their biggest, one of their biggest mistakes was firing him. I liked Jim Caldwell. I thought he was a solid coach. He wasn't great, but he was solid. Um, you know, he he's had experience, uh, a lot of coaching experience. He's he's won two Super Bowls, right? Um <laughs> he 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 won a Super Bowl with Baltimore when he was on that coaching staff when he was a uh, uh, offensive coordinator and he he won a Super Bowl when he was the you know when he was with the uh the Colts um so well, when he was the head coach of the Colts So, or excuse me, he was the, uh, not head coach, he was the assistant head coach. Eventually, he got promoted to head coach. Uh, But either way, um, I thought he had, I thought he did a tremendous job in Detroit. Um, He went, you know, 36 and 28, and you look at Matt Patricia, and they're, they're, what are they, three and eight and one of the year, and they went, what, five and 11, so they're Matt Patricia doesn't even have ten wins yet this season, <laughs> overall in his two-year tenure. So, um, his four four years for Jim Caldwell, you know, <laughs> they lost to the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card game, and which they did. You know, there's co- some controversy there. They did. I I'll, I'll never forget. I never seen a penalty where the um, a pass interference gets called back. To this day, still haven't seen the pass interference get changed. And now, ever since then, they, they've they in, in, introduced this rule, the pass interference rule. It's still pointless. Still, it's the, the, the attempts, it's like 0 for 32. So it's like, why even have this rule? Why even have the challenge? Um, but either way, they, he had a playoff appearance back in 2014 with Detroit. They went 11-5. Then, you know, they kind of fell short, went 7-9, and, and then they went 9-7. and 7. They lost to the Seahawks and the wild card, and then they went 9-7 again, And which, again, not a controversy. His final year, 2017. They lost to the Falcons at home, in which they should have won. It was some goofy runoff, cl- runoff clock time where there was a penalty against the Falcons, but the clock had to run off in order to do so when the penalty was called, and the Lions lost the game because... <laughs> It was near the end of the game, but they were driving. They were in field goal range. So they, they they fell short, but they finished second in the NFC North. Thirty-six and twenty-eight record. He's two and four in the playoffs. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, overall. Sixty-two and fifty as a coach, as a head coach. But I I thought he did a tremendous job. Um for what um it's significantly and so much better than Matt Patricia, But Detroit, you know, like I said, the lines are gonna line. So it is what it is, whether people like it or not, it is what it is. So um they lost 24 to 20. And as for the Bears, Dub Bears, six and six, they hang on, keep their playoff hopes alive, possibly a six-seed the NFC. Like I said, the, the NFC is very tight overall. Mitch Trubisky, 29-38, <coughs> over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, one pick. But again, this is Mister Trubisky we're talking about. This is a guy that's just like, uh, eh, kind of unsure. We're not, not exactly to have a whole lot of faith in. Just like Matt Stafford, you know, it's just, uh, eh, he'll put up the stat, he'll have a lot of passing yards, but like. You don't know which kind of player this guy, who's going to show up on Sunday. But the Lions, they can <coughs> they can make damn near anyone look good. So, not a lot of bragging there. Um, Allen Robinson, big game. Eight receptions, 86 yards and a touchdown. Anthony Miller, nine receptions over 140 yards. Uh, but, again, like I said, Detroit, they're infamous for making damn near anyone look good. If not, great. And again, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, I, I promise you, he has not. <clears throat> you know, I praised him early in the season. I, you know, I, I said it's like you know what, I was wrong about him. <coughs> he had a solid, excuse me, he had a solid year last year. I'm like, no, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. I think he's turning it around. I think Matt Nagy's on to something. Nope, I just you know, 13 touchdowns, seven picks. <clears throat> it's just like Now Maybe I wasn't wrong About my original statement Maybe It's just like uh Maybe this isn't the guy That they should look forward to Third year You know It's just like Eh Is he the guy though Is this the guy That we want to lead Our franchise Um And You know I think that's gonna Only time will tell In the next couple weeks They You know They got Dallas Which is home Which so is big <clears throat> and then they get then then they have to travel to Lambo. So these next few games, every game is a playoff from here on out for Chicago. <clears throat> they got Dallas. Dallas is on the down, in which they got blown out in Jerry Road The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. I don't know what's going on or what what is in the water down in Buffalo, but the Bills look like the '90s Bills. I wouldn't say talent wise, but they're looking scary. Like, uh, look out for them, nonetheless, either way. Uh, they blew out. I didn't think it would be a blowout. I thought it would be a field goal game between those two, Buffalo and Dallas. But the way they blew out the Dallas Cowboys, oof, I mean, man, Dallas, they they sit at 6-6, six and six, I believe. <coughs> but the sad thing is they still have a shot for a playoff contention considering the fact that that division is weak because you got Philly, who lost today early in the afternoon against the Miami Dolphins. And then you got the Washington Redskins, and then you got the, who is it? The New York Giants. So the only, the only real threat are the Philadelphia Eagles, and which I said before it was a mistake letting Nick Foles go, because he worked perfect under that system, and he went some. And I think they let him go. He went somewhere else. He went to Jacksonville Jaguars, and as of today, he got benched after the first half. Uh, for Jacksonville, for Garrett Minshew, Minshaw, well, I can't pronounce his name. And he got benched. <coughs> and Carson Wentz, he's injury prone. He hasn't been right since, since he tore his ACL. They should have kept Nick Foles. And, you know, that was it. They won the Super Bowl with that guy, not Carson Wentz. <coughs> you know, the old, old sling, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, But evident they were like, eh, you know let's fix it we'll see what happens and hasn't been right since so but Chicago they got Dallas I think they'll take that and at Green Bay at Lambeau eh, gonna be tough gonna be iffy in the cold in December mid-December um uh, you know but then again I mean Chicago they're, they're used to playing at Soldier Field as well but Lambeau a different type of environment it's just you know just that stadium alone, you know, the, the, if any, the top five fan bases, Green Bay is up there, no doubt. Then, the big test, Kansas City. How's can, how that game's going to turn out? Is Patrick Mahomes fully healthy? That is the question. Patrick Mahomes has been kind of iffy. I think he's still somewhat hurt, to be honest with you. So, <coughs> excuse me. I think he's still somewhat kind of hurt, but, um, you know, they're kind of keeping that low key. <clears throat> So, either way, uh, you know, Chicago, they, they've been kind of, their win's been kind of ugly a little bit here and there. Uh, as I said before, you know, Mitch Trips, we don't know what kind of Mitchell Trubisky is going to show up. You know, they'll get a dub like they did this season against Denver, which Denver is trash and Flacco's done. And he'll throw 59%, 120 yards, no touchdowns, no pick on 27 passing attempts. They'll win 16 14. The week after that, they'll go and travel to Washington and he'll throw three touchdowns on 31 passing attempts for 230 yards. So it's just like, which guy's gonna show up? So who knows? I don't, <coughs> if, I, if I'm a Bears fan, I won't have a whole lot of hope. Uh, I think y'all have Dallas, I think that would be no, you know. No no problem there. But then again, Dallas, you know, they're playing for a playoff spot, but same same as you guys. So virtually, that's basically a playoff game in itself. Then at Green Bay, uh big division rivalry. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Uh y'all lost 10 to 3. Uh very week one, very first game. Uh 45 pass attempts, 228 yards for Drabisky, one pick. So and then Aaron Rodgers didn't really shine out either. I mean, you win you, you only win 10 to 3. It's not really Yeah, it's a W, but is it something like eh to be proud of? Not really. So, we'll see w- where that goes from here. Overall, the NFC North, you know, I have Minnesota winning that division, then Green Bay, Chicago, I think y'all fall a little bit short. I think you finish 8 and 8, and then the Lions, they're 3-8 and 1. I think they'll get one more dub. And that'll be it. They'll go. Uh, I think. Was it four, eleven, and one? So the the season's jank for them. That'll be another top five round pick in the NFL draft. Where they'll race. They'll waste another first round pick on a tight end or whoever. <sighs> but. <laughs> I know, I know what y'all are thinking I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on Detroit. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you all the facts, some common sense and the logic that I've seen in the past 27 years of my life that I've seen that happens in Detroit. It's just y'all take two plus two equal out to E equals MC squared. Holy fuck. <laughs> so, but we'll see, um, you know, again, I think Minnesota that wins that division, uh Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, those guys. Whatever Stefan Dick said to Kirk Cousins has been working. And Kirk Cousins has been playing better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I said it. I didn't say he's a better talent, but this season he's playing better. And um and if anything, I, he's a better leader. Because Aaron Rodgers is one of the worst leaderships I've ever seen in my life. So but with that being said, uh the Dallas Cowboys, they got blown out of uh on home turf against the buffalo bills who are now nine and three on the season that was shocking in itself uh jerry jones said that he's gonna he's good with his coach he's good with jason garrett aka coach clap apparently evidently he's not the issue even though when you have you know as much as i hate the dallas cowboys they have a great roster they have great talent uh, Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Not say great, not a not great now, but he's a good quarterback. He's he shows greatness here and there. Uh, Zeke, phenomenal run back, top five in the NFL right now, but he really hasn't done much this year ever since they gave him that big contract extension. And Amari uh, Cooper, that's the really their their standout wide receiver, their go-to guy. Um, when you get outplayed by your third string, second string, wide receiver, Cole Beasley, once he went to Buffalo, I mean, that that defense needs some work. Um, Josh Allen is good, but I don't think he's that good. Um, he has been playing a lot better compared to the first four games that he started out the season, where, you know, he... Um, but... I don't know. Whatever's happening in Buffalo, or whatever they're doing, it's working. And it's scary. So definitely got to look out for them, nonetheless. They're they're the dark horse right now in the NFL. People are overlooking them. You know, people are looking at the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers, in which Baltimore, um, they had a big win against San Fran today. Field goal game, as expected. Lamar Jackson making his case. Um, Passing touchdown. Uh, rushing over 100 yards, making a case for MVP season. Right now, I think he's probably the favorite. I still have Russell Wilson as my MVP as of right now, but we'll see how that goes on uh, later on in the season. <coughs> but either way, I mean it's it's been you know it's been a crazy season, uh, more centric than usual uh, from the drama of AB. Um, to the question, you know, Tom Brady actually showing his age at 42 to my Steelers losing, hell, uh, everybody. <laughs> Tony Brown, Levon Bell, Big Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, and Mike Tomlin. They won today, so they stand at 7-5. and five. They, they, they Two pivotal games for them that stand out was Baltimore and Buffalo. So we'll see how they, that stands out. They might have a shot. They they, <clears> they <throat> excuse me. Um, they, uh, possibly can finish the season at 9-6 and, and maybe get a 6 seed, but I don't know. It's rare that that happens. But if they do finish 9-7 and seven, miss the playoffs, I'm going to sound biased. I think Mike Tomlin should be coach of the year for what he's been able to do and maneuver. I don't, you know, there's not a lot of teams out there that, you know, that had uh, injury-based impact like Pittsburgh had this year. Um, So, and then um, I don't know. Well, it's it's been a good season so far. Uh, College football has been fun to watch. Now we just gotta wait for the upcoming uh, bowl season. I love bowl season. Uh, I've still got the Army Navy, which you know, uh, me. Uh, serving in the Army for three years, always go Army, beat Navy, Uh, two weeks until that game shows up, I'll definitely do a preview of that (coughs) beforehand, but, either way, I appreciate y'all listening to my newest episode, episode number 70 on the Injured Reserve Podcast, and, um, you know, we started December 1st, it's it's cold, Uh, we got some snow and sleet, and it froze my car, and I had to thaw it out this morning, so... Y'all have a, you know, uh, get some great deals on that Cyber Monday tomorrow, uh, and y'all have, you know, drive safe out there, especially for all you Michiganders. And until then, this is the Injury Preserve Podcast for your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson, and uh, y'all have a great week.